Welcome, everybody, to episode four of season two of the Third Kid Podcast. My name, of course, is Tristan D'Amour, and alongside me today is the usual suspect, my co-host, friend, partner in crime, Alex Perez. What's up, man? That was a lot of labels. I liked it. A lot of labels. That was good. I'm good. It, it's You know what? This is actually, this past weekend, actually, was the first weekend that I didn't do anything related to journalism, so it felt nice. Wow. That's it interesting. You know, just a little family reunion with the Spanish side of my family, getting in touch with that. That's cool, man. And that's that's how it's been. That's how my few days have been, actually. That's really cool. How have you been? I've I've been doing really well. Uh, so I as I I don't know if it, for the people that know me a little more personally, they know that I am a jacket enthusiast, and um, I just got this player issue Adidas jacket uh, from the University of Vermont Catamounts is a, a secretly a team that I love a lot. I really like that team. Um, I'm a fan of the University of Vermont. I'm not quite sure why, but I'm, I really like that team. And I uh, uh, ordered this months ago. It shipped last week and uh, finally got the package uh, this weekend. And uh, I am I'm really liking that jacket. It looks... You look really comfortable in it. It's 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 it a really com- it's a comfy I like, jacket. I like that it's just... It's all black, and then just the only colorway is, is the logo, yeah, which is really nice. But it, yeah, fresh, so, uh, fresh new jacket alert. Yeah, Anthem jacket. And <laughs> uh, before the recording of the show, we uh, uh, finally got to make Italian stovetop coffee, which uh, I feel like every, at the start of every episode, I start, about, I start talking about coffee, which, again, if you know me personally, I'm a fan of coffee. Are you, are you really? Well, you What's know. What's your go-to coffee like? At, you wake up beginning of the day you go to you go to a coffee shop oh or, i go to, well at, what's what's your go-to coffee order my oh my go-to coffee order and so, where would you get it from so i order uh i always order lattes uh because this is the type of coffee that i like being handed to like i i love when someone else makes me a latte um and i usually go to uh edmund Edmund Cafe and Canteen on Rachel in the Plateau. I really recommend that spot. It's a tiny coffee shop. It's owned by three people. They're all super nice. And I always go there. But when I do make coffee, uh, I tend to do the... uh, I tend to make myself a V60 dripper, which is uh, the manual way to make coffee. It's what the Japanese usually do. Uh, So, yeah. Making me sound like a huge douchebag here, but uh, yeah, that's a, this is the type of stuff that I usually do. So um, on the show today, we talk with Nai Malouf, uh, who is uh, who is the wonderful person that created our logo. Um, I mean, if you didn't check it out, um, definitely check out our logo. I mean, it's on our Twitter page, uh, TTK Podcast on Twitter, uh, and. Yeah, we get a little discussion going um, the going through the ins and outs of, of uh, what went through her mind uh, creating the uh, the logo and uh, what everything represents. And uh, I mean, we really wanted to have her on last time, um, and uh, as as promised, we have her um, this time. And also on the show, uh, we have the head coach of the Canadian national futsal team. Kits Eldopolis on to talk about everything futsal. We talk a little bit about MASL, the major arena soccer league, because it's going to start up in Toronto uh, in December. And uh, we talk a little bit, a little bit about the Quebec provincial 
futsal team on the women's side that are going to play the Belgian national team. Insane. A provincial team. Go- like, it, it's still kind of like boggles my mind. A provincial team going to face a national side. So that's really interesting. Yeah, that's on the latter end of, uh, of the show. And then after that, we are going to, and you can sign up right now. Uh, actually, let me let me try and get the uh, the uh, the league. Uh, talk about talk about your your day or something while I, <laughs> while I figure that so out. So while Tristan, uh, you know, finds the, I believe this is for the MLS bracket, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll actually be, you know, speaking of that, we'll actually be also touching on our MLS playoff brackets. Um, on our, I guess, our outro of the show or third segment, maybe we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely go into it. But uh, as he finds that, I'll tell you my go-to coffee order because I didn't get to say my go-to coffee order. Oh, please do, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually a latte, also, but it's a latte because Tristan doesn't take sugar in his coffee, and I know that because we're such good friends, and I know his coffee order by now. Well, you know, you, you know my yeah, you know my my Tim's order yeah. usually. It's uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, for regular coffee. Yeah, I go I go with the latte also, but I'll 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 put sugar inside and I'll tell them to put some cinnamon on top, you know, for for some for some added flavor, um, and I'll get mine at Parma. All right, oh, and that's Par- me, Parma Cafe downtown. That's, that's my co- yeah downtown. You know, it's actually really funny because every time I go in there now, it's like as if they know me, and that's been like my goal for the last two years going there. <laughs> I I that that coffee shop I was talking about, Edmund. Uh, they yeah, they know me. You know, there's a difference. They know what I do. There's a difference between <laughs> saying hi, how are you to a customer or to like the person serving you, and how's it going? Because I feel as soon as you hit how's it going, it's like all right, <laughs> we know each other. All right, so the league is called the Third Kit, and the uh, league password is. All in capitals, V-F-Y-A-4-C-M-M. And uh, the info will be on the uh, Twitter on the Twitter page, uh, at TTK Podcast. If you want to check that out, uh, if you want to take us on and see who has the better bracket. So uh, that'll be later on the show. But without further ado, let's talk about our new logo with Naimaloof. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Third Kit Podcast with Tristan and Alex. I almost messed up there, but you know what? I'm just going to keep it in there. I'm just going to keep it. I'm not, no editing, which there will be editing, but no editing. Mm. But the uh, primary reason, and we said last week that we were going to get her on the podcast, is the person, the the mastermind behind the new, which she, she was also designing the old, but behind the new, that's the most important part. The new logo of the Third Kit Podcast. It's Nai Maloof. How's it going, Nai? Hey, I'm really good. What about you guys? I'm doing so well. You want to take it away, Alex? Uh, like, yeah. I mean, you, okay. Well, I'm I mean, good. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm good. First of all, <laughs> well, first off, can you explain, Nai, what went through your mind? First, actually, no. Before we ask questions, I feel like we both need to thank you so much for creating oh, yeah. that logo. Thank you so much, Nai. It was my pleasure. I really had a lot of fun making it. That's for sure. I've I had posted it on my Instagram. I think it was the day, uh, or no, I actually was the day after we had uploaded the episode, and um, yeah, a lot of compliments, a lot of compliments on on the new logo uh, from some people that I rarely even talk to. Also, that are in the journalism department oh, that's cool. or journalism program at Concordia, uh, they really like it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of my friends really dig it. 
so it's cool yeah a lot of positive feedback on on the logo because um and unsurprisingly because it is really really fresh all right i'm so happy to hear you know <laughs> i mean at the end of the day i wanted to make sure that every everybody including you guys were satisfied with the product and i wanted something that reflected you know the content of your podcast that all that also reflected you guys and your personality so yeah, I'm I'm thankful for you guys for giving me this opportunity and for helping me grow as a designer, and uh, the 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 whole work, everything, the process from thinking, brainstorming to finally creating the product, the final artwork. It was so much fun, and I was very I'm very proud of this logo. That's for sure. So um, I think in- initially uh, we kind of want to know what was the thought process. What so can you kind of give us a little rundown of of the logo itself, the shape, uh, you know, what went through your mind? Absolutely. So um, it all started on a faithful Saturday um, when me and Alex, we met at uh, Second Cup to actually brainstorm together. So uh, one thing's for sure, Alex uh, deserves a solid firm handshake and a high five and a salute and all that for being part of the process too. Um, So basically, we at first one thing's for sure when we got together we had no idea what we wanted to do but in in my mind anyway um what really kept coming back to me was the acronym of the third kit right so ttk Uh, and i decided to start working we decided to start working with that actually so something that's very common um in uh in basically visually identifying a soccer team and i mean that's in my opinion right are the crests and what crests really do well is that they have a a nice clean look that really um that ties nicely around an acronym right so we decided to work with that idea to begin with and of course we wanted to keep it nice and clean and this is why the ttk acronym is the center part of the logo um, a debate that we both had was whether or not to include a microphone. And it's, it's funny because this part was very interesting. Um, not including a mic, it was it was a very big, how should I put this, obstacle because initially we were scared that people might think, might not know that it was a podcast. Um, I don't know why, but we felt this urge to really to try to incorporate a mic when at the end of the day it wasn't, it wasn't really that necessary, right? So a lot of podcasts don't have a microphone included. And I find that if you want to include a mic in your podcast logo, the microphone has to be there for um, a specific reason, right? It has to tie nicely with the logo. It has to be uh, it has to be a crucial part to the logo. So I'm happy at the end of the day that we decided not to include a mic. Um, I find that the title um, of the of the podcast that is surrounding the acronym i find that that is the perfect way to go um by saying the third kid uh, the third kid uh soccer podcast i think that was the best way we we could have gone with i definitely Um, agree yeah and uh with regards to basically choice of color texture and shape um so basically we decided to stick with the basic shape that you would commonly seen a soccer ball right so the hexagon and the circle um so as you can 
as you can see, or as those who have not seen yet, you can see that there's the hexagon with the circle that is included within it, and then there's the acronym that's included in the center. We decided to keep those two basic shapes just to give you know that distinct look, but for for people to also see from far that it is um, a soccer a soccer logo. Uh, with regards to the colors, so basically we stayed with kind of like um, dusted off colors of white and black with uh, a bit of a grunge texture, and that's simply because, once again, I find that it reflects your retro personality. Um, for people who have met you, maybe they might agree with me, but also um, uh, your love for vintage uh, soccer logos. And, and, and you, Tristan, have been told that you do like a very old logo that you keep wearing on your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories. Yeah, so, I yeah <laughs> I, I I enjoy wearing uh, the the jackets of the New York Cosmos, which are a a, a a old team. Let's put it this way: they're from the '80s, they're from the '70s. It's kind of yeah. it's got the oldies kind of look. So yeah, yeah, you were absolutely right. <laughs> Perfect. So um, that pretty much sums up the the process. We did brainstorm for two hours and a half. Uh, and all of those ideas just came together to finally give that that final product. So something, and and this is something. These are words, adjectives that I'm using from people who told me what they think of the logo. So they they liked it because it was simple. They liked it because it was clean. They liked it because everything made sense color wise, shape wise, uh, font wise. Um, so yeah, all of those two hours of uh, two hours and a half of brainstorming ended up giving that. My God, that was the most like exact and thorough explanation. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm speechless. I mean, um, <laughs> and uh, there's one cool thing uh, that um, that Alex and I were talking about at, at in the last episode when we had just uh, unveiled the logo um, that uh, we decided to go for yellow numbers uh, and the yellow. Uh, we went how it. We went for yellow because it represents the uh, the central tree in the in the middle of a Montreal flag, which represents, you know, the indigenous community, which I think is really really cool. And uh, at the end, it was kind of like a, a toss up between having it completely like gray, dark gray, black, or or yellow. And then we went for yellow. I think it was a really cool, nice little touch because it's kind of like the only part that's not um, that's like v vibrant color as opposed to uh, kind of like the primary kind of earthy colors. And I think it, it does a really cool, uh, it does a really cool kind of, uh, um, how, I don't know how I'd say, like a little uh, kind of color contrast. Well, yeah, it, it, it pops out too a lot. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to add a certain contrast because um, each part of the logo, if, you, if, if I may, uh, has something that, makes it pop out so obviously the acronym is is was designed from scratch it's something that's completely on its own and it stands out and then you have a different choice of font for the subtitles um basically the numbers i wanted them to stick out as well but not in a way that's incoherent you know i didn't want people to look at those numbers and be like oh they just you know they just popped colors on it to you know just make them pop or something like that no i just wanted to put emphasis on I, f I find that the color yellow, anyway, that golden, rusted yellow, it, 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 it kind of reminds me of something that has value, if you see what I mean. It's the mm -hmm. choice of color, basically. Um, but, but yeah, once again, it also puts a subtle, uh, it redirects the eye subtly towards 
uh, towards the year where your podcast was established. You know, I got to say that my favorite part about this logo um, and that it really like and how it really reflects, um, you know, just soccer culture in general and like looking at other soccer crests is that the look of it, it comparing it to, you know, crests like of professional teams, you know, such as Real Madrid or Barcelona and, and et cetera, you know, um, is that the logo looks timeless. It looks like a logo that can last for, you know, a, a long time without, you know, having to tweak it or change it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it definitely looks like a timeless logo. And it kind of reminds me of like a normal soccer crest that you would see that's, you know, been there for on a jersey for like a number of years. Um, but I got to say, I think, and I think Tristan will agree, is that... Um, one of my one of our favorite details about the logo is is the marble texture, that's yeah, kind of absolutely. that's kind of in it, and it kind of makes it look rustic as well, um, you know. And going back to um, that inspiration of retro, right? But um, yeah, just overall the look of it definitely looks really nice. Um, and I think we on our last episode we we really expressed how 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 happy we were with it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really happy to hear, guys. And once again, it's. It's definitely a big change from the first logo. Um, I mean, I definitely was, believe it or not, to all of those who are listening, um, the, the third kit logo, the first one, was my first ever, ever official work that I did for somebody. So, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I hope people think that I've come a long way. I hope you guys think I've come a long way. I like to think I've come a long way. Um, and, you know, I, I look at the first logo and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe we did that. But then again, you know, I loved it at the time. Alex loved it at the time. And maybe Alex still loves it. I know I do just because um, just because I get to look at it and see how much I've improved. And um, I mean, I all I can say is thank you guys so much. You know, the logo, the podcast means a lot to me just because, you know, it just it reminds me of how I got started. And it's a nice memory. Absolutely, Nai. I mean, right back at you. We really wanted to. We weren't. We really wanted to talk to you about it on the show, just to you know have that conversation too. And we, uh, I think, I speak for Alex to say that we both think we're you are such a talented individual, and then uh, a lot more people should know who Nai Malouf is. And uh, uh, we're just really glad that you uh, that you spent the time to to do that logo, and uh, we will uh, proudly wear it on. Uh, on uh, on on where on where we distribute the podcast. <laughs> awesome! I'm happy to hear, guys. All right. Well, uh, Naya Malouf, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, at the end, if you want to plug your socials, uh, I don't know where where you could where we can find you, where the people listening could find you. Yeah, I mean, I am on Instagram. Um, my Instagram would be. Uh, nai.maluf so n-a-y dot m-a-a-l-o-u-f or you guys can hit me up on twitter um you know if you guys want me to to do something for you you all you can always hit me up i'm always ready to look for a new challenge and uh if you just want to chat or say hi or share with me your love for third wave coffee or cats i'm up for that as well (laughs) all right well thank you so much for taking the time and uh, we really 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 appreciate um everything thank you so much My pleasure, guys. And we're back here on episode four of the third kit. And uh, yeah, very cool to be able to have Nye on the show. Um, We're all, we're we're so happy and we are so uh, thankful to have her uh, design the logo. I don't know, I'm, I'm just 
like it, it's so fun to 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 have to be able to have that yeah really really cool yeah yeah no i mean i I feel like we said everything that we had to say on the last episode fantastic logo um it doesn't only represent just the podcast itself but i like that it looks like uh something that you could see on a jersey and that's my favorite part also i'm really curious how would it look on a jersey hmm Ooh. hmm just saying but um no i like the fact that it just looks like a traditional soccer crest that you could kind of see you know players warming up in or players playing in. so it looks really cool but um speaking yeah. of players warming up and playing yeah um we are going to uh talk about some futsal uh i mean the 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 canadian national setup has been warming up to futsal it's been going through all of the provinces at least on the men's side a little more on the women's side um, on, on our interview with uh, Kitzeldopoulos, but um, there's a lot of developments going towards the 2020 World Cup, which is going, I'm not mistaken, going to be held in Lithuania. Um, I mean, in terms of futsal, I tend to always think about the Baltics and like Russia and, you know, all of these Eastern European countries, they, send, they tend to be really good at futsal, so not, I'm not that surprised to see futsal uh, kind of going uh, in the futsal World Cup being held somewhere in there. But um, last last time in the last uh, qualifications for the World Cup, Canada basically were one game away. They lost to Cuba. And um, the uh, national team coach was only hired a couple of months before the World Cup. Didn't really have that much time to prepare. However, this year... This time around, and we're talking about it a little later in the interview, they have time. They have time, and they've been across the country looking for those futsal players. And we're going to talk a little more about that, you and me, Alex, with the head coach. And we're really proud. We, he's, been, he's been on the first iteration of, uh, of the third kit. He's been on our old podcast, The Press Box Hat Trick. And he's there for season two. He's making his debut, Kit Solidopoulos. And welcome back to the third kit, season two with uh, Tristan and Alex. And uh, making his season two debut on the phone is uh, a returning guest of uh, of the third kit. He is the national team, uh, men's national team of Canada head coach. I said that completely on the wrong side, but anyway, Kitsiladopoulos, how you doing, Kit? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing very well. Uh, so. Um, I mean, you. I mean, we have to start asking about the uh, the Canadian national team. Obviously, that's your your kind of your primary focus. So, um, one thing that we that both uh, Alex and I were wondering uh, that were we were seeing is um, you have been in at least this year uh, doing a absolute great job of going throughout the country. Uh, you were in Nor- the Northwest Territories a few a few weeks ago. You were in Yukon earlier this year. You were in Saskatchewan, you were, you you were you really were everywhere, and you've been getting players from everywhere in the in the country. Is that something that was important to you, and is that something that like was lacking on the futsal scene in Canada? Well, the, my first thing is I believe uh, to to have a long lasting program, you need to have a good base, and you need to have good people around you. And uh, in everything that you do, uh, if you work as a team, then you'll have better success. So, yes, when I took this job, it was important for me to connect the country 
and connect everybody together like that we have a better chance once we go to the to the big stage and compete and what's the talent level like uh you know comparing to uh, you know Ontario and, and Quebec where you know they have their leagues established here you know there's a lot of talent obviously in in Montreal with the PLFQ and, and and a lot of the teams that are here but what's the talent level like now that you've been to you know you know doing all these camps where you know like Tristan said in, in Yukon North Ter- West Territories like how does the talent compare to you know Ontario and Quebec the, the reality is is they're not that far behind from what we do here uh the big question is is competition here a futsal player could play uh 20 games into the in the plsu could play three four tournaments that gives you another 12 15 games so today a, a futsal player could in quebec could have uh 50 to 60 games a year right and these in the other provinces uh, they can have maybe 20 games a year. So the big difference is that athlete for athletes, they're athletes. We're Canadian born. We work hard. We we like our sports. And but the big difference is, is how many games do they play versus how many games do we play? And, and today, uh, a, a player uh, that plays in Quebec and our PLFQ that's locking on a national team comes into a national team camp with 50 or 70 games under his belt and a kid from Saskatchewan or Northwest Territories comes in with maybe 15 to 20 games under his belt. So that's the big difference. And having, you know, traveled across the nation, are there any players that, you know, that have been to these identification camps um, or have been invited to the national team identification camps that have really caught your eye? I know, you know, last time we spoke, um, you know, Jay Tomchuk was someone that, um, you know, you spoke highly about. But I guess, um, who are some of the, what are some of the talents, who are some of the players that you've seen that have caught your eye? There's a couple of kids out of Saskatchewan that right now are, uh, are in a mix of a pool of players that we want to see again. Uh, there's some other kids in Manitoba. So the other provinces are catching our eye because we had a camp in Ottawa in September and we brought everybody in from across the country and nobody was out of place. That it's a kid from Yukon or it's a player from Nunavut, they weren't out of place. So there's a lot of talent out there that um, are doing good things and we just have to keep on monitoring them and making sure that they're on the right track. So uh, I, there's one thing I'd like to talk about. I mean, we, we were talking about a lot of, in the different provinces, we're in Quebec and uh, there's the PLFQ started uh, a few weeks ago and um, one of the teams that have the highest profiles, at least, this season, uh, where in the few, last few years, is Sporting Montreal, formerly Sporting Outlaws. Uh, and, and we we know if you follow the futsal scene around in Canada, they've been to the Champions League, they've been to the national championships a bunch of times, uh, and now they're as we see they they have a lot of different reach. They have a team in Quebec now in Quebec City. They're they're having a team in Gatineau. They have an academy team in Montreal. Um, is that the kind of uh, and their team is getting younger and younger as well. Is that the type of uh, of thing that you'd like to see more across the co- across the country? And just how good is the talent scene here in Quebec? 
So, you know, Sporting Outlaws are doing a fantastic job in what they're doing in promoting the sport and promoting their their club. Uh, and it, it's great what they're doing. At the end of the day, I'm a national team coach and I need to pick the best players for the country. So, yes, do we want more clubs like them uh, growing across the country? Yes, because that's going to give more visibility and it's going to give uh, more leagues um, better uh, face or a better uh, outlook. But our, our talent in Quebec is is great. The, the the only problem that we have here in Quebec is that players today still think that they can do both. They can play in the PLSQ at a high level. They can play on the PLSQ where it's our semi-pro league and also participate on the national team. Uh, it's two leagues that are parallel, that are high performance. So, uh, yes, our talent is great, but at one point, all these players will have to pick, and especially in the next year and a half, they'll have to make uh, some tough choices and make sure that if they want to be part of a national team, we need guys that are focused and we need guys that are 100% committed. I can't call a player and he tells me, well, sorry, I have a soccer game now, but I'm playing in the PLSQ. So, so going forward, is this uh, is this something that you would? Uh, I guess lobbying is the word, but I mean, is this something that you uh, that you're gonna try and ask more and more for? Is this change the mentality of like uh, it's it's not bad to be a futsal player as a, as opposed to having both sports? No, I mean it's yes, I understand from the point from the point of view of the Quebec Federation, we have to do a little bit more for futsal and that I understand and also from the CSA level but in the next two years we'll be participating in the qualifications for a World Cup and we need to have players that are focused on what's up front right and again I said it before and I said it in an article a couple of weeks ago a national team is not going to always be open your club will always be there It, it, it's good that you mentioned the World Cup because uh, uh, I remember uh, us talking to each other. Actually, Alex and I talking to you. Uh, I think when you were just named uh, the 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 national team head coach, and it was it was basically you had a couple of months to prepare for a World Cup, and now mm -hmm. you have a full cycle. Um, what is your uh, what is your I guess your 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 hopes? Are, what are you? How much more confident are you this this time around with with having an actual um run where you can actually have a cycle and take your time and and you know go around and, and actually have and being able to take your time with this are you much more confident than last time we i mean as a staff we're better than what we were in 2016 as a program we're better than what we were in 2016 We have a better picture of what we need to uh, to to be part of the elite of CONCACAF. Uh, we went to Costa Rica in January. That helped us a lot as a staff and as players. Uh, you know, so yes, we're confident, and we think if we have the correct 
mindset of what we're doing and we have the correct players in place that I think uh, we'll be able to pull this one off. And last year, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, preparing for the World Cup and for qualifications. Um, You know, last year there was, uh, you know, yourself and the national team, they had a few friendlies, um, you know, overseas. Is that something that is going to happen again this year? Are there any friendlies planned with any national teams uh, in the CONCACAF region? Right now, we don't have anything planned for games. We have camps planned, so I'll continue doing ID camps across the country because now... Uh, from the day that I started to today, we have every province and territory that's on board with this. So we will get to see players from Vancouver. We will get to see players from Ontario, and not only the Ontario teams coming to our tournaments like that, we get to see them. So I think that's very positive. Uh, we are planning for um, 2019 to have a better cycle uh, till 2020, till May 2020, where qualification is. But yeah. we also have a better idea of if we had to go to qualification today, we have a good idea who we would go with. So we're we're ahead of our planning than when we were in 2016. So that's positive. And uh, just to quickly switch topics away from the national team, I was actually just curious, you know, seeing the, um, there was a recent announcement between U Sports, which is the university body for um, varsity sports in, in Canada, um, recently agreeing, um, you know, with the, with the Canadian Premier League for a draft. Um, does this open the doors in any way for future collaboration between Soccer Canada um, and the university and maybe collegiate level in terms of soccer? And I guess in your eyes, um, is futsal something that um, can be adopted by by RCQ Sports or maybe even at the university level? No, I think it's I think it's a great thing. I think the CPL will be a fantastic thing for our country. I think it's going to be good for younger players that want to live their dream and play in a professional league. I think it's also good that U Sports is working with the CPL to get things uh, professionally done and make sure that all the players get a look at. So I think on that side is, is is great. Now, what we do here in Quebec with SAQ, I think it's time for us to put the sport of futsal forward because um, we have gymnasiums and even across the country, uh, it's cold. So I think it's time for us to maybe have a sit down on the table and see where we want to go with the sport of futsal and make it better for for our country and for the national team and give players uh, the pathway to, yes, make a men's national team in soccer or even make a futsal national team uh, and wear the, the, the crest and wear the, the jersey. Today, the, the players have one pathway and it's soccer. And yeah, it, we it... can create two pathways and have soccer or futsal. And you know, other countries do it. Argentina has it. Brazil has it. Spain has it. So we get more players on the national team than it's soccer, football, that it's on the girl side or the boy side. Then we have succeeded in developing more athletes at a higher level. 
Speaking of, uh, you were just mentioning uh, in passing uh, a, a woman's side. Um, I'm just wondering. I don't know if you know you. It's necessarily something that you it, it is in your uh, description as as the national team uh, as a national team head coach. But is there any type of talks in terms of of uh, of of a of a women's uh, futsal national team? Because it's it's uh, there, there's a lot of stuff on the provincial sides. I know. Uh, there, there's a, there's a something with the uh, the Quebec uh, national team. We're gonna the Quebec provincial team, I guess it's not a national team. Um, that we're gonna talk a little later. But is there any um, kind of ambition towards having um, you know a national team, but on the women's side? Uh, for now, I mean, yes, there's always talks about it, but for now, there's not much. There's not a lot of places that play foot like. There's not a lot of leagues across the country that, or women that play futsal. There's here in Quebec, we, we do it. In Ontario, they do it too. But other provinces don't have the base of women's futsal yet. But now with the uh, university game, uh, having futsal, uh, and the team was based with players across the country. There were girls from uh Saskatchewan and uh New Brunswick so I think it's just going to give the punch for those provinces and other provinces to start working on their women's program and when our women's program is uh has a good base then I'm pretty sure that CSA will look into the uh you know having the women at nationals and creating something for them and uh, as Tristan just mentioned Um, you know, there is some plans um, with the Quebec women's team, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this coming this upcoming April in, in 2019, they'll be going to uh, face the Belgium national team. Um, I guess uh, if you're if you're able to answer this, how, how was that planned? How did that idea come about? And and I guess how how crucial is it for the development for the women's game in Quebec? Well, you know, like. I've been working with Quebec Federation from day one with the PLFQ, and we always came short on the women's side, and our women's uh, league is, is pretty strong. So every year we, we try to have something for them that uh, is very, uh, that that's exciting. So we created the Quebec teams, and we had them on the girl side and the boy side. But with the boy side, what we do is, We eliminated it because they have an ID camp every year here. And also they have nationals and they have the national team. So uh, with Eric Leroy, the technical director of the, of the, of the province and his contacts, uh, this came about. And uh, yeah, the provincial team, the women's provincial team will be traveling to uh, Belgium. And uh, they will be playing two friendly games against the national team of Belgium. Uh, and uh, one last one before we let you go, Kit. Uh, we we kind of had to ask that one uh, because and you've been involved with the MASL for a, for a while. I mean, in, in, and uh, a lot of people that were playing on the futsal national team were also involved in MASL as well. Um, the MASL is going to have a team, uh, and for people that don't know, MASL is arena soccer. It's soccer with boards played in like kind of like an arena setup. Um, and they're going to have one in in uh, in the GTA in the Greater Toronto area. It's going to be the Mississauga Metro Stars. Uh, a lot of you know high profile players, Dwayne De Rosario being one. Um, 
do you see this the arrival of of MASL in Canada uh, with a good eye? Do you is that kind of like a cool a, a good pathway for for players that want to get into more of futsal setup? Uh, how do you see the arrival of uh, of uh, the team in the GTA? I look. I see it as a as a positive because the more professional teams we have, the more players that maybe will be on the national team of futsal will be part of. Correct. So if uh, there's two, three Toronto players that are part of the futsal national team play for the arena soccer team. Well, it's positive because they will train in a professional structure. Um, I'm very close with their head coach, uh, so I can see what they're doing. Uh, and will I have the same relationship that I have with Juliano Oliveira in Milwaukee? And I know most of my Canadian players play there, and I can go see them and create that uh, that connection. Then it will be great. But I see it as a positive, and for them, they they can play on the Uh, I see it on the positive way for the athletes now on all these behind the scenes and all the politics stuff. That's not for me to to answer, but uh, as a for the athletes, I think it's positive and it's just going to make our our um, our team better. And the perfect example is Marco Rodriguez. Uh, he plays arena soccer. He played in the, he played for the for the tropics for three years. And I saw him at camp in um, September. And to me, his game has matured a lot. So what we had in 2016 and what I saw in 2018 is a total different Marco Rodriguez. He's a better version of a Marco Rodriguez. So 2020, he'll probably be even better. So that's positive for the national team. And, you know, being that we're in Quebec, we're based in Montreal, um, I guess just a quick quick question for you is, um, would a Montreal MASL team work? Well, I mean, the Montreal Impact had one back in the days where I played. Uh, will it work today? Uh, I'm not sure. But is it a fun sport to play? Yes. But We also need to know what we're pushing for, right? Are we pushing for futsal? Are we pushing for arena soccer? Uh, do we have all the members that... Uh, do we have enough members to do all this too, right? So uh, my, my answer would be um, I'm 50-50. Well, Kit, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we always appreciate talking to you about futsal, something we don't talk as, as, as much as we would like to. Uh, but uh, thank you so much and uh, good luck in, uh, in uh, all of your endeavors going forward. Thank you very much. Enjoy, guys. And we're back here on episode four, Alex and Tristan on the third kit. And um, yeah, always fun to have Kit on the, on the line. Yeah. He always has a good insight in terms of, uh, of uh He never shies away from talking about stuff. I, I, I love the way that he uh, um, that he talks about futsal. He's one of the most futsal passionate people that I know, oh, honestly. He's, he's probably the person that I know that loves futsal that much. That much sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to know how, how he does it. Because I feel 
every time I see him on social media, he is never in Montreal. Dude, he's been, and we were talking about that um, in the first season of the third kit, like Yukon Futsal, which like, honestly, if there's a jersey I want, it's Yukon Futsal. <laughs> like it would be, I mean, if you can make me a Yukon Futsal jacket, I would rock the fuck out of this. <laughs> honestly, yeah. If talk about really like a real fringe fringe team, that's <laughs> that's that's one that that you could rock. But um, yeah, I just want to know how he does it because he's he's just been around Canada so many times. Like I I can't even count. I don't even know how many times he's just been across the country. Um, you know, doing camp not only national team camps but just camps you know around you know in Nunavut and in, in Northwood Territories in uh in Saskatchewan and then invites that invites players uh he feels that can make an impression on the national team to these identification camps uh so he's he's really busy at work in terms of creating a bigger pool of players because when he was hired in, in 2016 and it's funny because it feels like such a long time ago but it's it's not it's that only far been away. about well it, it'll it, it will be about three years once 2019 comes around but it's been about two and a half years now and their player pool has already grown from probably I if I'm not mistaken it, it was about 30 before the World Cup or the World Cup qualifications in 26 in 2016 and it he has options now and that I and, think he's in the triple digits by oh now. he is he is he he has over a hundred players that he could probably choose from, and and I think that's what he was meaning. He he meant about you know creating this foundation because that's that's what needs to happen now for the sport is to create a foundation because obviously you know Canada is not going to be an overnight success in futsal, right? It's no. just and it's cool that you know there's finally a coach that's spearheading this, and I think even after if whenever he chooses to step down as futsal coach which you know i imagine it's it won't be anytime soon i think we're going to see him there for a number of years in that position but um i think he's setting a foundation that even after he chooses to step down or or to leave his post that it's it's still going to be there that foundation is still going to be there the player pool is going to have um you know as i said the player pool will, will have so much growth and have so much talent in there that the national team will be safe essentially yeah this is gonna sound biased but uh and and like i feel like this is just me looking at it from an outside perspective i don't know where the futsal program would be if kit was not the head coach i don't know i feel like he's been doing so much for that program he's been as you're saying he's been everywhere he was he he i feel it just feels like this guy's on the road like every other week he's going to some other place like he's been putting so much um so much you know uh, was it the arm oil or whatever i think it's he's been putting so much uh you know blood sweat and tears almost it's it's like yeah. he i feel like he's taking that um that program as kind of his personal kind of project yeah and that's and that's what's good to see it's you know you obviously want someone there that has passion for it and he has passion for it that's for sure um you know he loves soccer but most of all he loves futsal um and I, I feel that it's his attitude towards the sport is also reflecting on the players. I remember last year, you know, I was talking to, um, you know, a player that we both know, uh, Nazim Belgendouz, uh, a former FC Montreal captain, um, you know, current Blainville player who will return to the Canadian Championships uh, next year, but I was also participating in the Canadian Championships this year. 
And also, also won the futsal, um, the Canadian Futsal Player of the Year award. But he was telling me, and it was the first time yeah. this this award was ever given. And and he was telling me that Kit has had a positive impression on him in within futsal, obviously. So um, I think the attitude is reflecting on on a lot of the players. And also, just a fun fact, he also coaches the the Canada Beach Soccer Team with a lot of players who play on the on the futsal national setup. So there's Maxime Leconte, who I know was on that team. There was also um, Robert Renault, who was on the Team Canada futsal team, who who made his way to the beach soccer team. But yeah, he's um, he's hard at work. He, he, he has a lot of stuff going on, but he's uh, it's it's good for the country and it's good for the sport. But what I'm curious about is, and this is something that we that was mentioned onto the on the segment was when is futsal going to reach the university level or collegiate level because there's already agreements with high school teams which is a huge plus but i think this is a sport that can easily work um as a varsity team or as a cgip team and honestly it's not like we have the facilities in terms of uh of of gymnasiums uh it doesn't seem like the sport that'll cost the most money i think and i think you know despite what what uh what kit was saying with the having um, more people committing to futsal, I think it's going to go through athletes that decide to, uh, you know, do the dual sports type thing. But I don't know, maybe if there's a futsal team in a university, as opposed to having an indoor league, I know in the RCQ in Quebec, there's an indoor league, which is basically just prep like preparation like for a, like for us- the usually about seven games for the fall season yeah. and no one really takes it seriously like i've i've heard a lot of people through the grapevines telling me that they didn't really care about the 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 indoor winter season and um i don't know maybe maybe if you do have the option of having a futsal league uh in in the rcq or or, or in the oua in in ontario or the aus in out east or canada west Maybe more people would be in t- interested in, in like maybe a little more people would look towards futsal. Um, you know that's that's an option. Um, so on that note, let's let's turn it on to uh, to the brackets. Oh. Let's turn it to soccer. This is the first. This actually quite quite crazy. It's the first time we actually talk about soccer on this episode. We've talked about futsal, arena soccer. But full-fledged soccer, this is the first time, and it's probably like minute. We like whatever. honorably mentioned the beach soccer as well, so we're hitting. We're, we're hitting. We're, we're touching all the bases right now. We're taking all. We're, yeah, we're touching all of the sports within FIFA. Um, but if you do want to uh, to sign in to the third kit um, league or the third kit uh, bracket challenge, um, just look at the Twitter account, and uh, I will once again say the. Uh, the the league password so the league name is the third kit all in one word and the password is v v f y a 4 c m m so uh this is the password for you and now we will give each other's uh we will release each other's brackets to each other we haven't even um told one another what was on our brackets so uh, this this is kind of a first. So how are we doing this? Are we doing um, uh, quarterfinals and 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 then I say you say your quarterfinal, I say mine, and then we kind yeah, of like, go that way. Like we can go from from west to east, and then you know conference finals west to east, and then yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. That's okay. what we'll do. Yeah. Okay. So in the knockout rounds, 
which one will be tonight, actually. One will be on the, the day that this show goes out. Um, let's start. Do we start with the East or with the West? I have my phone on, on the Western Conference. Okay, the so um, the first knockout game has FC Dallas playing the Portland Timbers. Um, which one did you go for? You know what? I've always been a fan of the Portland Timbers fan culture, so I went with Portland Timbers. I also went with Portland Timbers. So uh, And also they have a nicer crest. Uh, in the other knockout round, LAFC is going on again. It's going against the uh, worst named team in MLS, Real Salt Lake. You stole the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, probably the most one of the most unoriginal um, yeah. team names. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't get more cliche than putting Real at the beginning of your team name. Nothing is royal about Salt Lake City. No not that nothing that comes to mind really but um but i actually chose um lafc to win that game i also took lafc okay oh okay so do we switch to the east now we yes we'll switch to we'll switch to the east okay which this is actually quite kind of funny because before the show you were mentioning that we might have completely different brackets and so far we have we have we're two and two yeah we we have the same predictions okay so um um waza united uh dc united uh going on against the columbus crew um who did you take i had to go with dc well i had to go with rooney united that's pretty much what it was i mean yeah that's that's why i said waza but you know uh i also went dc you you cannot not go dc at this point um i mean no there's just no way uh and in the last knockout round uh, game nycfc is going on against the philadelphia union um, I have a feeling this is where the streak will break. I don't know why, but I have a feeling this is where we'll have different teams. So I had to go with my Spanish compatriot David Villa uh, with NYCFC to 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 go uh, to go off and beat Philadelphia Union. Yeah, there's no way I'm going for the Union, honestly. Oh, okay, I, here we no, go. No, I don't think the Union. I think NYCFC at home at probably the stadium. Like according to what Samuel Piet said, uh, told me. A few weeks ago, the worst stadium in MLS, Oof. Yankee Stadium, is which I it's a smaller field too. It, I believe the, 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 the pitch itself is, it's, is smaller. Than, it's close. Than usual. It's like that close to not being re- regular size, you know. And I feel like it's not. You know what's funny? It's actually because when I see it on TV, it, it kind of makes me cringe because I hate seeing like I hate playing on fields that are smaller than they should be. There's one across from my house that I used to play out a lot uh, when I was playing competitive soccer, and, and, and I absolutely hated it. Yeah. And it's and the funny thing is it's smaller than West Ham Stadium, and even West Ham Stadium is a little smaller than the other Premier League teams. Well, yeah, and uh, it's just it's just that. I feel like they'll take it to their advantage. They already beat uh, Philadelphia last week um, in, in the last game of the season, so I think they're just going to do that again. So we go back to the West. Yeah, we'll go to the West uh, in the conference semis. Let's go to the West. The number one uh, seed, Sporting Kansas City, um, in both in both cases, is going to be it's going to be the same matchups for all of the all of the um, all of the uh, semifinals. Uh, actually, uh, the conference semis. Uh, so, Sporting Kansas City against the Portland Timbers. Alex, you know I went with Sporting. I also went with Sporting. They're really, they're really good this year. <laughs> I went with Sporting. I went with Sporting because, yeah, it seems like they're having a really strong year, finishing first place. Uh, okay, so um, that's where I think we're going separate ways. Okay. Um, 
Seattle Sounders uh, going against LAFC. LAFC. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, um, is, where, is you this know, where the streak breaks? Yeah. You, okay. know, you know how in MLS, the team with the hottest streak usually tends to win? Um, Seattle Sounders, I mean, despite the entire thing where everybody looked at DC United and, and Wayne Rooney, DC, uh, the Seattle Sounders were last in the West. And they moved up to the second seed. That's why, that's why I'm going Seattle. That's a good choice. Didn't they win it two years ago also? Yeah, they've been to the finals. So they, they've, they've been to they've the, been la- the last two finals. They've been there. Um, yeah, so uh, let's go back to the East, where, um, where the New York Red Bulls, the newly minted best team in MLS ever, points-wise, uh, is playing DC United. Um, Alex? So I, I had to go with Rooney United again. No, you. I feel like I feel like I, that's. I, I'm 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 really riding the Rooney train right now, and uh, yeah. I feel like um, I feel like that's where. Well, I mean, it's also where things are going south in terms of our brackets being the same. Yeah. Um, but I feel like people listening to the last few podcasts are going to say that I'm just a huge New York Rebels fan, but <laughs> I truly believe that this. Um, I used to say that the best team of all time. Uh, in MLS was the Beckham, uh, Donovan, Keane era, LA Galaxy. In my mind, this is the best MLS team of all time. And now I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the verge of switching that to the New York Red Bulls. This edition, they might just, they might just. So I took them. Oof. All right, all right, all right, all right. So next one is uh, Atlanta United versus nycfc um you know off the bat i went with atlanta would you care to explain why joseph martinez that's why and also tata martino has just been doing a great job and how can we forget um you know miguel almiron just those three factors right there yeah i i I really i really threw a curveball because i also took atlanta (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah i mean it's it's tough to not it, I mean, despite them um, kind of having a little hiccup and not becoming the best MLS team of all time points-wise, um, I still think that they've got what it takes. You know, it, injury woes is kind of um, a thing for Atlanta, but I think that the bye week might kind of just set things up and make them kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like they're going to get their mojo back. I think I, I'm banking on, on that bye week. So let's go back to the West. And um, so yeah, so your conference final is uh, so is your conference final is Sporting Kansas City against LAFC. Yeah. Okay, I went bold with this one, and I went LAFC. Okay, so you're really saying that this is the best expansion franchise since like Chicago? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I just went with LAFC because I really I'm I, I really like Carlos Vela. Fair, fair. Um, I so my conference final is uh, Sporting against. Uh, Seattle and I went with Sporting Kansas City because I think that they're the real deal in the West right now. They're just so dominant, and uh, yeah, so that's why I, I went with uh, Sporting Kansas City. So back in the East, where your conference final is uh, DC United and Atlanta United, uh, which United takes uh, takes the so, reign supreme? So my 
my final will be well, I mean, Atlanta was an expansion team last year, but it'll be an expansion team final, uh, LAFC and Atlanta United. Uh, well, I went... So my my conference final was uh, New York Red Bulls against Atlanta, and I took the New York Red Bulls. I think the New York Red Bulls uh, have what it takes to beat Atlanta. So going to the MLS Cup final, um, yours, if I'm not mistaken, is LAFC... And Atlanta United. Yeah. So both teams that have gold in their uh, <laughs> yeah, in their colors. Point, actually, yeah. So um, which will be held, damn, at Mercedes Benz Stadium. That's pretty fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Which uh, which of the gold teams uh, will uh, will reign supreme? I think uh, I think it's gonna be Atlanta. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really rooting for Atlanta this year. I really want to see them do well because I think I was a little disappointed last year when they were when they were knocked out uh, uh, pretty early in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they were. I was, I was pretty disappointed because I'm, I, I really, I'm really digging at Atlanta United. I really, I really like the team. I really like the culture around the team. Um, and in the two years, the work they've done is absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, I mean, I would like to see them win. I mean, I, I usually go really bold with these brackets. We've done the the NCAA brackets before, and as you could see, I'm always. I mean, your MLS awards were bold. <laughs> Brad Guzan as goal te- goalkeeper of the year. Man. You know what? That's been like rocking my head all week, and I'm like, I can't believe. Um, you know, Tristan would seem really disappointed with that. I was. And I was kind of like like sleepless nights just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just like staring into the ceiling. I'm like, I picked Brad Guzan and uh, there's no going back. You're going to have to live with that. <laughs> um, so my final is uh, much less um, like star-studded uh, with, uh, with Sporting Kansas City uh, going to Rebel Arena. Um, shout out to, uh, to our friend uh, Jonathan Karagay-Cook, who's a... Uh, Who's a who's a? I'm not gonna say closeted Red Bull fan, but he is a Red Bull fan, but doesn't say it as much. He's from New Jersey. Anyways, um, enough of that. And I think that's where I think it's, you know, the stars align. You've got Supporter Shield for the third time in five years. You've got one of the best teams. I mean, you know, classified now as the best MLS team of all time, points wise. You have. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips scoring his hundredth goal. His number will be retired once he stop wearing. Once he stops wearing the ninety nine, um, you have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, you have uh, Luis Robles who didn't miss a single game, I think ever. <laughs> I mean, the stars are aligned. It's in Red Bull Arena. Let's break that that um, that non trophy. MLS Cup-less uh, drought. I think the Red Bulls are going to win. And if slash when they do win, I will change my mind as to which is the best MLS team of all time. So I have uh, the Red Bulls as my winner. Nice. That's a good choice. It could happen. I think it could happen. Definitely. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think defense... Uh, and and um, uh, I think the tiebreaker for the brackets is the final score. So would you care to oh, uh for the final you mean? Would yeah. Oh, here we go. Well, say say yours and I'll and I'll pull mine up right now. Uh I have it going uh two nothing uh to for, the New York Rebels. For New York Rebels. So I feel because Atlanta obviously they have the highest you know, scoring forward um 
in the league history. I think 31 goals, Joseph Martinez, record breaker. Uh, that's a lot of goals, man. <laughs> he's, he's up there with some of the best in the world right now who've, who've cracked yeah. the 30 goal mark. And It know. was kind of a funny graphic that MLS did trying to <laughs> when, compare when, themselves with like when, the best leagues. When they had like, him like enlarged over Messi and Salah and Cavani. But, <laughs> but it, it, it's crazy because they had him so big and yet like he wasn't the top goal scorer like it, globally. I think like Messi, is it Messi or Salah had more goals? Well, like I, Salah I think was it's like, like super it's tiny. Like, it's like goal. It's like the the record goals in their respective league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, definitely. I think Salah ended but that, with thirty one or thirty two. I mean, maybe. that being said, that totally like. Oh well, totally it's, his, it's it. It, yeah. He, it's a it's a he's a history maker. But my um my uh, score prediction, going back to the fact that they they do score uh they do score a lot of goals at Atlanta, right? They, they score a lot, yeah. So three uh, one Atlanta. Three one. That yeah. seems like I a think bit it's conservative. I, like if. if Really, three one, conservative. I think that's like a pretty, but for a final, because finals tend to be pretty. But reserved. it's LAFC against Atlanta. Well, I mean, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm not going to run. I think. Your... I think it'll be a Joseph. If if this final does happen, it'll be a Joseph Martinez final with two goals. That's great. I mean, he's uh, he's the MVP. I think, and I've seen a lot of of uh, of writers give the MVP to Amiron. Which I respect, but also I feel like that's kind of a shot at Piatti. But anyway, I, I, you know, I think he's the undisputed. I mean, come on, he broke the record, yeah. guys. It would be him, but I can I could see why they give it to Almiron because he seems like he's one of those players. Dude, when you break the record and you're still mad that you didn't score that many goals, you should be the MVP. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's hungry. He is hungry, and I think in turn Atlanta's hungry. Fair enough. Fair enough. And on that note. Uh, it's time to end. I'd like to thank Nai Malouf again for creating the logo. Shout out to Nai. And uh, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. You can find Alex on Twitter at Das Alex Perez. You can find me on Twitter at Tristan Damo. And you can find us at TTK Podcast. Um, let's see who wins the bracket challenge. Maybe it's one of you guys. If you decide to sign up, that would be really cool if you do. So um, any final words, uh, Alex? I just really hope I win this bracket challenge. <laughs> just so I can, just so I could say that I won an MLS bracket challenge against the person who knows most about MLS that I know. I mean, you know, I try. <laughs> I try. You know what we'll do uh, once once it happens? We'll make a CPL a challenge. Ooh, yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be really cool. So, uh, you know, while in the meantime, I mean, it's still ways away. But we still have that in the back of our minds. We're still gonna talk some CPL. We didn't talk about it today. We talked about it briefly with Kit. But uh, still a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff that's in our mind that we have for you guys. Uh, But in the meantime, we'll hear you on next time. Excuse me for being excited, people.